was uh, what went wrong, what could go wrong went wrong after the red card and um, yeah, we have to accept uh, a big loss today. So maybe uh, it's a, maybe hopefully it's a big wake up call for all of us, me included. Stupid. And the thing is, we actually have to talk about it. Do we though? Probably. Mm, hello, darkness, man. <laughs> I don't know. Literally. <laughs> oh, fuck's sake. Thing is, it, ha- it didn't even ruin my day. It's no, just same. Like... It didn't. I, I, I've, I've been more upset with Chelsea. Like I should be. I should have been more upset yesterday. But my worry is I'm not upset because I'm not that surprised <laughs> at the capitulation because I've been experiencing it over and over again. I've lived the same day over and over again. Like this is uh this is Chelsea's groundhog day. This is this is what this is. This is uh this is this is why I was so stunned that we beat Atletico and Liverpool. Because this is what I expect from twenty twenty one Chelsea. I'm kind of concerned that we won't make top four, you know. Here's a hot take. Surely the season's a failure if we don't make top four. Yeah. Who do you think gets blamed if we don't make top four? Everyone. I think, like, you watch people blame Frank, but I don't think Frank's responsible because Tuchel's done so much to, like, it shouldn't even be an issue now. It shouldn't be, do you know what I mean? But people will be like, oh, well, Frank was fucking rubbish. It's like, yeah, but also Tuchel went... I loved how, I loved how, embar- I loved how like, it was being sold as like Mission Impossible. Like, we started off in ninth, and it's like now we go into like the last however many games it is with home games against West Brom and Brighton. I don't, I don't want to hear anything that somehow it's Mission Impossible, because it's not. You can see five goals at home to West Brom. We haven't won at Stamford Bridge since 1978. We haven't conceded five goals at home in the Premier League since 2011. And that was to Arsenal when Andre Villas-Boas was here. I would sell Jorginho and Kovacic to get Declan Rice. Yeah, so like. I'm sick and tired of watching Chelsea without a midfield. Are we recording? Yeah, we've been recording for two minutes. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> um, it's the Every Other Sunday podcast, not to be confused with Sunday. <laughs> and it's always been called the Every Other Sunday podcast. Um, that is true, it has. it has. I don't want to spend too much on this because I want to speak about the best Chelsea team currently. Who had an incredible performance on Wednesday? It's Wednesday, wasn't it? Um, that was a wonderful performance, and I don't really want to waste too much time speaking about what that was yesterday. But I guess we have to. We're we're legally obliged to, because um, I I do think there's a lot to get into in terms of the men's team, and in terms of what went wrong yesterday. Because I don't think you can just I don't think you can just write this game off in. In particular, in certain players, because I've seen more I've reflected on it, the more I felt 
watching it as the game actually unfolded live. I've been here before and I feel like we'll be here again. No one can turn around to me and say yesterday, objectively, yeah, West Brom haven't won against Chelsea for so long at Stamford Bridge. Yeah, the result itself, five goals is a bit freakish. But the all the signs of recent Chelsea capitulations were right there in front of us. Defensively, all over the place, our midfield goes completely able. No attacking fluidity. The heads go. We can see bundles of goals. I mean, you can't help but think as well, like, like Jorginho, Alonso, these guys have just been here for ages. And then Christensen. Uh, don't ever. Even. Don't even. Don't even. <laughs> you texted me yesterday, actually, and you said something along the lines of, you have a lot to say. Right, yeah. Okay. Well, Java shit was rubbish in midfield, both of them. I'm sick of it. I'm actually so sick of it. It's so hard because they're both like Kovacic. Right? I think I like Kovacic more than I like Jorginho. Um, but his God, his weaknesses are so glaring. It's frighteningly painful. And Hajir raised a really good point that was, what's the point in having a box to box midfielder that's not very good at defending or attacking? And I was like, yeah, good point. Uh, I mean, Jorginho, goodness me. That is the worst Chelsea performance. I, yeah, that's worse than the, the Bakayoko-Watford performance. I don't I care. Thought, I thought Alonso had taken Bakayoko's crown against against West Brom back in August when he got subbed within 45 minutes. But Jorginho has now taken that crown. Mm. He's now cemented himself. Bakayoko got sent off within half an hour. Um, Jorginho was on the pitch for about nearly 70 minutes wasn't he so I think mm-hmm. he absolutely now takes the crown and the problem is like I, I raised this point previously that Jorginho the merit he builds with the fans it, it's so easy for him to lose and that is his shame but the reason it happens is because one this theme of him being just so poor is consistent His his weaknesses are like the most glaring of anyone in the team, besides Alonso, maybe. Maybe they're like the two there. And it's just like, it's, 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 I just don't think it's very complicated to play him out of the game. Like, all, all big Sam Dunn was just got two guys to bully him. It, 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 it's that simple. It's that simple. He just put physical guys on him straight away, and he's, and he's done. And it's just so frustrating because. Like, this is a guy that's worn the captain's armband for Chelsea, you know. What is that about? And I'm not, I don't want to be reactionary because we've been singing his praises um, and how well he's played under Tuchel and he's got ample qualities to make him a, a, a top level player. But it's like, there are few players I have ever seen in my entire life that when they're bad, they're that bad. And when Jorginho is bad, he is like, disgracefully bad as in it's it's like every time he has a really poor performance it's almost as if he's trying to be the worst player in the league it's unbelievable and and I think as well his his body language and attitude don't necessarily reflect effort which might you know that might not always be the case but 
just watching it, you you can understand why fans just get so frustrated by him because he just saunters around. Like, he, he, he's got glue on his boots. Like he, he cannot sprint. I don't think I've ever seen him sprint. And I think he gets a lot of tackles and interceptions because he's just in that position. The problem is for me about Jorginho is we have to do, and I'll, I think yesterday to me, rather than just being, you know, you can reference it to other capitulations recently, a similar group of players doing similar things, you know, when things get tough, which I think we should get into when things get tough, this team capitulates very easily or certain, there are hallmarks to that performance yesterday that I, as I say, I can't just call it a freakishly bad day because I don't, I think that'd be simplistic. But we have to do so much. Tuchel has to do so much work to protect Jorginho. And as much as I've defended Jorginho, as much as I've, you know, felt that some of his treatment over the years has been really harsh, you know, and that people acting as if he's a useless player. But the amount of groundwork and the amount of structure you have to put around Jorginho cautiously to protect him. It's not worth it, especially when we spent 150 million. I mean, this is the point I want to get to. And sorry if I'm a bit rambling here, but like we spent 150 million on attacking players and the goals West Brom, at least two of the goals West Brom scored yesterday were better than any of the goals I've seen this season. I don't think Chelsea have scored five goals in the Premier League this season. The third goal in particular, the build up to that third goal is oh, it was yes, lovely, wasn't it? You know, I felt I thought Reese James would have been the one curling that ball in, and maybe Kai Havertz would be the one finishing it off. But no, we haven't seen anything close to that fluidity of attacking football this season. And West Brom, who still likely will be relegated this season, are doing it to Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Um, Jorginho, for me, there's so much protection that has to go around Jorginho. You have to. He can't press up the pitch. He can't cover that much space. You have to ask Reese James probably to limit his attacking output to cover for him, to tuck in at times, to cover the space even next to Jorginho that he can't cover. You need to have a third centre-back. You need to have a player in front of him, usually Mason Mount, to press from the front. You know, it's... it's this is not... We're not protecting Cesc Fabregas here, I'm sorry. You know, Jorginho's a, a very useful player when in certain situations but you we're not we shouldn't be building our team around a player to me who is so fragile and so easily exploited and I'm just a little bit tired now of seeing our midfield such a key you talk about all the how obvious his frailties are Timo Werner there are obvious frailties to his game but when Timo Werner has a shocking performance Chelsea aren't losing a game 5-2. Midfield is such a key area of the pitch structurally in terms of the way you build up play, in terms of the way you orchestrate your play, in terms of the way you win big games of football. Midfield has become such a the heart of everything in modern football. It's such a key area of the pitch that you have to dominate, in particular in the Premier League. And I just, I'm I'm sorry, I just, I think like Tuchel himself is, is going into games with one hand tied behind his back at times. And if it's so easy for for a team 10 points from safety to exploit him. But we've seen all of this before. And I'm just... It all comes back to, well, what, what do Chelsea want to be next season? And I like Jorginho. I like Kovacic. I think they're nice guys. You know, I like, I think both of them would be nice to go out and have a coffee with, especially I like the fact Kova, you know, he posts his pictures of Starbucks and I, like, I, I rate that right. But, you know, mate, I, how many times do I have to see Kovacic get himself into brilliant positions and do absolutely nothing with the ball. Oh my God. Oh my 
Oh my god, I literally, I hate it so much. It's the most frustrating thing in the world. It, it's like Aaron Lennon syndrome, like a guy that will beat four players and then just do nothing. But this is the argument. I, I I've always tried to reject this argument, right? To try and see what he does. To try and look at the game Mate, a little bit more deeper. How the fuck can you win multiple Champions Leagues, get to a World Cup final, play for Real Madrid, Inter Milan, and Chelsea, and not shoot? But like, how can you actually not have that yeah. capacity? Like it's it's not even as though his shooting is average. It he is. Mate, when he is on the pitch, he is the worst at shooting in the team mm. out of any of the players. I genuinely, firmly believe it, and it's and it's frighteningly frustrating the fact that he has no confidence in his strikes at all. At all. And it's like, how on earth, how on earth can you get yourself into these positions and then do that? It's oh, it's so annoying because his his dribbling is so, so good and his ability to beat a press is immense. Mm. But goodness me, he can't. Like, his lack of mm. shooting ability <laughs> drives it's, it's me always, it's, And I hate to sound like Graham Sooners here, but he doesn't, he doesn't assist. He doesn't score goals. What is he bringing to the team other than just breaking the press at times? Because that's to me his best attributes. Like I just and also creative. And I'm not even comparing him to attacking midfielders. I'm going to compare him like for like with our double six, if you want to call it that, with Antonio Conte. Both Match and Kante offered more creatively than the two who played yesterday. Nemanja oh, Matic yeah. was a better shooter. Was also a better passer. I felt, you know, better. Yeah, and yeah, no, yeah, no one would, no one would say that, right? But the, the truth is, Nemanja Matic had a freakishly good assist rate in that sixteen seventeen season. Because um, Matic done something that this team lacks from central midfield: just passing the ball forward to our attackers in between the lines in possession. Um, Ingolo Kante scored a couple of goals as well that season as well. Um, so I'm not even trying to compare Kovacic with. A, an attacking midfielder someone who's further up the pitch but it puts so much pressure this all links together it puts so much pressure the double six the lack of creativity from those two and the lack of productivity from those two with their defensive frailties as well because I think Kovacic gets put off the hook a little bit yesterday but some of the clips I saw of him just meandering about for one one of the goals I think it was the fourth one where he's just I mean it's it's just it's how I would look on a full pitch, you know, just absolutely clueless. He look, he just stands around as players track back. You're one of the central midfielders. We're down to ten men already, and he was just wait. He was just waiting around. He was allowing the ball to oh pass him, God. pass him by. So I don't. And he's got more mobility than, and he's got a better tackling, you know, I think quality within him, Kovacic, than than Jorginho does. So that's not an excuse for me i think there are i think you could you could let him off the hook but it's just not going to happen and at some point tuckle is going to have to take more risks with this team and i don't think he can with this current midfield because it's going to limit what he can do you can sign early Holland, you can sign romelu lukaku you can even sign a new center back but if that current midfield stays as it is for the beginning of next season i'm sorry we're going to see the same problems i just i i don't think i don't think there's a way around that personally until we fix that glaring area of the pitch and I hate to just pin it. I'm not just saying that the reason we lost 5-2 yesterday was because of Jorginho and Kovacic. But it's it's such a big area of the pitch that goes absolutely able and loses all sense of structure and balance when we don't even have Kante in there as well. Billy Gilmore wouldn't have... Uh, I, I know for a fact Billy Gilmore wouldn't have sunk to those levels yesterday. No way. No way. Billy... Uh, why I'm fucking just so fucked off that Billy Gilmore didn't, didn't play that game. I, I said that he should have. 
I literally said. It's not even hindsight. You said he. You literally on this podcast. I know. I know. I, I after said Sheffield United. Been, yeah, I said he should have played. It absolutely ridiculous. Oh. And do you know what? If Billy made the same mistakes as Jorginho, I would be seriously pissed. And I'm okay with Billy making a few more mistakes because he's far less experienced. But there's no no way he makes those mistakes at all. And he's way more willing to get stuck in play expansive football. It, I just. Just can't stand the fact he's not playing. I I would drop Jorginho instantly for Porto. I'd rather lose with Jorginho not in the team. Like, I just I don't care. I actually would because you don't deserve to play. If you, you he he does not deserve to play. Neither does Alonso. Does not deserve to play. Zuma does not deserve to play. They they are disgraceful. That is like like an actual toothless performance. It's toothless. And and this gives me a chance. Firstly, to bring in the fact that we don't have a bastard in the team. And and the like I, I spoke about this on um uh, Goldberg's pod that's coming out at some point today or tomorrow uh, that I was fortunate enough to be on was Kovacic is is just bad tempered. He's not like a bastard. He's just a hot tempered dude. Like he's not his temper doesn't inspire the team. When Costa lost his head, the whole team joined him. When Terry loses his mind, the whole team joins. When Ramirez starts going nuts, the whole team joins because they know it's, the, it's what's needed. This is why I want Lukaku so badly. Lukaku put his own shirt on the corner flag and held it up in the San Siro because of what Ibra was saying to him about who the King of Milan was. And the whole team backed it. Backed it. And then when they played again, Lukaku came out on top again and the whole team backed it like... When you've got a player like that that's able to can carry the mentality of the team, it's different. Kovacic, hot-tempered, does nothing. He's just spiteful in that way. Absolutely spiteful. Rudiger, I like Rudiger's temper. I actually do. He's the only one that's got a bit of something about him, but it's not enough to carry the team. He is someone you need alongside a, a more central figure that's going to really be like, right, that's it. I'm done now. I'm, I'm absolutely done. Watch this. Messi does it, but for ability... Like when Messi loses his head, everyone's like, oh God. Because as soon as he gets the ball, he's like, right, I'm going to kill everyone. Ronaldo does the same thing. Like, and that's what Lukaku does. When he goes mad, bro, everyone switches up straight away because it's, it's on now. And we have no one, no one in the team that can do that. Absolutely no one. We have players that would thrive off of having that central figure. Like, I personally think Mace would bounce off of someone who's that, like, like Lukaku, that's able to charge and lead. I think he'd bounce off that and he'd feel that mentality and that seeps through to other players. Reese would benefit as well. Rudiger would benefit. And when you've got that, when that's there, you're good enough. It, I mean, it's so frighteningly clear that Declan Rice is number one target. Like, I don't give a fuck if we don't sign an attacker. Rice, number one, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, Goldberg told me a mad stat yesterday that no one has played more Premier League minutes than Declan Rice since 2017. What on earth is that about? He's so young as well. Like, get him in. Just get him in. Just pay the money as well. Just do it. Because what's the point? If you let Man United get him, I, I'm gonna. I'm literally going to be disgusted. <laughs> He's going to commit and a war crime. <laughs> that is war crimes. And the thing is, <laughs> Rice wants the Chelsea move as well, you know. So... If he got the same offer from Chelsea and United, he's going to come to Chelsea. 
But, I, you know, I don't want to turn this into a Rise podcast, but the midfield are absolute disgrace. Absolute disgrace. The whole, like, Zuma, disgrace. But then, again, like, why is Christensen not playing? If Why would you play? Because Lawrence raised a really good point in the stream I was on with him. Big up Lawrence, by the way. And he said, you know, Zuma does not play on the left of a back three. Therefore, he's played out of position playing there. That is a mistake. It's twice, hasn't he, in the back three for Tuchel so far. And he hasn't played that position, I don't think, so far for him. He's played in the centre of the back three for Tuchel. I actually think three times he played there against Barnsley. He played there against Southampton. And he played there against Atletico Madrid. Atletico was the only game he looked good in, in the back three. He should have scored twice yesterday. Yeah, especially that there was one. I mean, he's literally so. It's literally just a tap in. I mean, it was. He should have scored twice. Uh, Alonso should have scored as well. Um, and to be honest, I thought Alonso was not our worst player. I thought Zuma, Kovacic, uh, and Jorginho and Thiago Silva were shocking, and I think it was a red as well because Thiago Silva, yeah, one idiot. I love the guy, but he's been arguably well a top three centre back in the world for the last ten years. What's he doing making those mistakes? What is he doing? I don't care. For the block, for the second yellow, stay on your feet. You're 25 yards outside the box. It, like West Brom, they don't score. Have the confidence to stay stood. Like he, he followed through on his block. That's why the player's gone down. Obviously, he's going to make a meal of it. It's football. You don't cry about it because Chelsea players do the same. Everyone else does the same. Silver... Such a that was such immature performance from. Yeah, but the, this is the, this all comes back to the midfield. I mean, I, I know you could go personal oh, responsibility, Jorginho, fuck him. but Jorginho twice that, but both in both situations, Jorginho literally passed the ball to an opposition player in no, our own mate, half, no. and Thiago has to cover for him. And it was the same. But it's, but it's Thiago Silva. Though. It's not like it's not like uh, it's not like fucking Lindelof. True, like, but, but but this is the point I'd make again. Is like. When those back that back three yesterday, someone like Christensen is suddenly exposed that he shouldn't be. There should be more protection in front of him. There should be more protection in front of Edward Mendy. It's you're going to look bad when when there's that much space on top of the fact that I've seen space gargantuan levels of space given to uh, gifted to opposition teams when we have eleven men, but even with ten men as well with that midfield. What do you think about Tuchel's um, game management, team selection? His subs, I, I, one thing I want to point out instantly is we could go off about the Christian Pulisic sub, but it's quite clear now that that's down to an injury. Let's park Pulisic for it if you want to talk about Pulisic, because of course that's another concern. But just too cool, because of course this is uh, his first defeat. It's, uh, I mean, it's a disastrous performance and a disastrous first defeat in terms of the way it's come about. I mean, it was at 2-1, you could talk, if it, if it was 2-1, it'd still be a terrible result, but it was capitulation. When you play free jazz, yeah, sometimes it just sounds wrong. Sometimes the, the cadence is off or like the melody in the background is strange. And that's going to happen when you're a free jazz manager like Tuchel, like Pep. Like, do you remember Pep's first season? How many people called him Fraudiola? Yeah, I remember they losing, getting battered 4-0 by Everton. I remember watching that game. and Yeah, they, yeah. yeah they had some bad results, absolutely. Like, when you when you tinker and adapt consistently, when you flow like water, sometimes you're going to spill and you're going to make a mess. It's ve- it's very simple, like, I mean, you just have to accept it. And Tuchel Tuchel has to learn those lessons, and that's fine because you have to give someone time and scope to to learn because this is a new league. Fucking, can you hear those motorbikes? Everyone in Liverpool is going nuts. But I might shut that door actually. Um, 
but yeah, he 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 um he needs time to to learn that what works, what doesn't. He's still growing with the squad. I knew this was going to happen. It happened under Lampard, where we go on a good run and everyone just thinks, right, well, if we're on this run, why, why we should never lose. And it's like, ah, uh, it's not. I'm I'm not annoyed at Tuchel. He got it wrong, but he's done more than enough to justify. It's just motorbikes going round and round. Right, give me a second. Let me shut this door. For God's sake. I just need fresh air. That's what it is. Absolutely mm. livid. It's stupid game. I'm about to talk about it when the women's team is so much better. And here we are on Sunday, uh, delving into the life of uh, Jay McIntosh in Liverpool. I know it's uh, beautiful. I'm a very lucky boy. We live on the top floor. We've got a nice balcony, but bloody hell, some of the people on motorbikes today. Um. Yeah, so I'm not annoyed. He got it wrong. But there's not a single manager that got, like gets things right all the time. And he's done more than enough to, to justify a, a mistake. I understand as well why he chose that team. That's why I'm not annoyed. Like Mace played so much international football, give him a rest because we've got Porto. Kai played so much international football and played really well, give him a rest. Timo got the game because I assume that the squad thought they were going to have a decent performance against West Brom and he'd have his opportunities. Now, I actually thought Timo had a good game. People online obviously disagree, but I don't. I literally don't care what someone with a football player has for their picture has to say about anything, actually. Ever, because, yeah, what is that? Grown men, football to pictures. Jesus. Um, yeah, I thought Vernon was all right, but I understood the, the reasonings behind the result uh, and the team selection, but it's not how I would have done things. Does Thiago Silva deserve to play against Porto? Yeah, probably. Uh, immature mistakes, but again, I trust Thiago to learn, adapt, overcome quickly. And and the same with Tuchel, so it's okay. Mistakes happen. I mean, Liverpool lost 7-2 to Villa. Spurs beat United 6-1, right? Leicester beat City 5-2. So these, these results are just happening this year. When things go like a little thing goes wrong, we're down to ten men, and you're when we have those two dancers in midfield that aren't going to protect the team, it's going to happen. But surely that concerns you for the long term, though. I don't care because I think I, we better sign Declan Rice. Or do you know what? Just I'm play... not sure. I, I'm not sure. I not, I would I, I honestly would rather have Ampadu and Gilmore in that midfield as a two, or Gilmore and Kante, because I know Kante's not there. Kante's playing a different game. Mm, yeah, it is absolutely. It, it, it's just I concern that at the Bring moment. Bring me Ross Barkley. I'd play Ross Barkley in a pivot over those two. I'm not even joking. Do you know when you brought up Ramirez early? I was like, Jesus Christ! Like the amount of players that probably people didn't rate that highly at the time. Like Ramirez, of course we love Ramirez, but like he wasn't rated as one of like the top Chelsea players when he was in the current team. Oh, but he he now. he improves his team like. Oh my god! Instantly, could you imagine? It's like Gary Cahill from 2012. Bring Gary Cahill from 2012 oh back goodness. into this team. Bring, bring him in. Like, Branner, imagine- we got no. We got to talk about Branner. We got to talk about Branner uh, keeping pace with Timo Werner. That was one of the most enjoyable parts of yesterday. Actually, was seeing Branner well, come off the bench. It's well known that Branislav is one of the world's fastest players. So seeing him, seeing him in a foot race against Timo Werner, uh, I, I I backed him. I would have backed. I would have put a tenner on him. I was, when the corner came in, he he came on. I think he kept, cause they had two. They had to make two subs because of injuries. Because then he got injured and had to be taken off. And it was it was a lovely little cameo. And when the corner came in, I thought he's going to head this in for us. It's going to be Benfica all over again. 
I would have. It would have made. I would have been much happier with the game if we lost six two and Ivanovic scored for them. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm just sick of it. Um, I reckon the last thing to talk about before we move on to the much better and more interesting team, Chelsea team anyway, is ah, it's Christian Pulis sick. Is it sick? Mm. Pulis sick. Making me sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is making me sick actually. Like I love the guy. I really do. But what is he doing? What is he doing? He's what is he doing? Why is he consistently injured? And and this is a really interesting point like I spoke about this with Matisse like Grealish, Hazard, Zaha. Those three players get battered in the Premier League. Sanchez as well, Alexis Sanchez knew he was there. He used to take hits. But Hazard's got booty which means he's got leg strength. Grealish's legs are very, very strong. Alexis Sanchez looks like a short little bodybuilder. And, and Zaha is absolutely stacked as well. Pulisic is not at all. And the thing is, I don't know why Pulisic, he draws fouls. Like he, I know that drawing fouls is an important part of the game that people you know, don't always talk about or give credit to. What, why? Why are you drawing fouls so consistently when you can't hack it? When you can't take it. I don't understand. And he's just not built to get battered. I mean, on Goldberg's podcast two years ago, Pulisic's dad said he needs to get stronger. See, this is the thing that Hazard did when he arrived. He, his first, If you actually look at Hazard in his first, very first season for Chelsea, I mean, of course he's very young, but he's he, the build of him is very different to the Hazard of the next season under uh, when Jose arrived. And there's just, unfortunately... There is a side to English football. You just have to, and I think it's something that Ziyech has dealt with this season. I think he struggled to adapt. Um, Kai, Kai to I, I have more trust at Kai actually, and I've actually yeah, seen evidence in recent weeks that Kai is starting mm. to use his body a little bit more. And I think he, his height is a is a big sort of plus for him. If he could start to use his height a little bit more as a number nine potentially for Chelsea, then I have a lot of confidence. But in the case of Pulisic, yeah, it's it's. I don't know if it's just a case of a player who's just... We've seen this with players over the years. Just his body just can't cope with football. You know, he's just elite football. Joe Cole, mate. Joe Cole is so... like He's actually very strong. Robin was strong. Like, Robin does Ironman. Like, he does all that stuff. He's like a, he's like a freak of nature. Whereas... But Robin, but if you remember when Robin was, if we make a comparison, when Robin was here at Chelsea in two thousand four, five, six, he he picked up a lot of injuries, and then it took him to actually leave Chelsea to finally. But even I remember reading Pep's book, he was still picking up injuries later on in his career. There are some players who just unfortunately see hamstring injuries for me like that are not probably a case of of him being battered by opposing players to me. That to me, like when I'm seeing players get injuries off the ball intense or, or not close to a player over and over again, those type of injuries, consistent injuries, because this is the same, ham, you know, it may be the same hamstring injury he got against Arsenal. You know, it's not an opposing player battering him that he pulls up his hamstring in the FA Cup final, is it? Whatever it is that just consistently pulls them back you know and that, that's something that unfortunately it looks like early on very early on in his career he may get past this he may have something that changes as he grows older 
But how long are Chelsea going to, this is something I've brought up, how long are Chelsea going to persist with that? Um, and and deal with a player that you generally see. It seems the evidence is there. You can't trust him for even a couple games now. Um, and I thought yesterday could have been a really good day for him. You know, he scores the first goal, and that was a big moment personally for him. But it all gets forgotten now, especially if he's going to be injured again. You know, if it if, if it is a bad hamstring injury, does that mean he's out for the rest of the season? I wouldn't play him for the rest of the season. I wouldn't. Even if he's fit, I wouldn't play him. There's no, there's no point. I just wouldn't. I'd rather him be. Do you remember, right, Harry Kane, obviously is a different build, but prior to the injuries, Harry Kane was averaging around six shots on target per game, which is like, that is no one besides Ronaldo and Messi does that. Lewandowski as well. No one. And then after, when, with these repeated injuries, he went down to two shots on target a game, which is rubbish. Well, it's not rubbish, but it's like the drop-off there. Do you know what I mean? He's lost two-thirds of his, his like, shots on target. And then extended rest and proper fitness and strength conditioning coaching. And he's come back and he's now, in my opinion, the second best striker in the world. So I would not play Pulisic for the rest of the season now. I just wouldn't. Unless we really have to. We've got enough players anyway. I'm I'm absolutely fuming that that Hudson-Odoi didn't play as well because... What has he got to do to, is he to injured, earn a start? Because he, was, he wasn't even on the bench, was he? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But no, he, he's not injured. Because Tuchel said in his press conference, everyone's fit for selection. I think it was Matt Law or someone said, it may have been Matt Law or someone else said, there was something about potentially him that meant he wasn't ready for this game. That why wouldn't Tuchel reveal it on Friday? Just a bit confusing. Can we get to Tammy Abraham before we move on? <sighs> This, this this was more of a frustration to me than actually what happened in the game itself. I just, I literally just, it's just sad. It's really sad. I don't get it. I just, I don't get what's, why you don't even want Tammy Abraham on the bench. Objectively, it just looks absolutely awful when you don't even have Tammy on the bench and your, and your forward line doesn't look that convincing. I think he's going to be off and I actually think he should be looking elsewhere actually. Because surely him as a player is looking at it and going, if I'm fit, I'm not even getting in the squad and our attack looks once again quite uncreative and, you know, isn't that clinical. Surely he's thinking to himself, well, what's the, you know, quite clearly this manager just doesn't fancy me. Mm. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say for Tammy, man. He's done more than enough to justify being here. And I hope he goes somewhere and absolutely rinses us. I actually do. I'm sick of it. Just sick of it. <laughs> Absolutely sick of it. Like, ah, uh, yeah. And I said as well. Like, I've I've said this repeatedly. If he's not gonna, if he's not gonna sign the contract, then fine. If Tuchel doesn't see him as part of his plans, fine. Like, I, do you know what? Yeah, I I would have put Giroud on, because what? what why not? N- uh, can't even get my words out. <laughs> like I was, I've not been this annoyed since we're chatting now, but why would you not put Giroud on? Just whack it in. Nothing else is working. Put the big man on. Yeah, yeah you might as well. Put him on. The other guys aren't doing anything. I forgot Kai was even on the pitch. I actually did. I mean, it's not really his fault. I forgot he was there. I thought Z- Ziesh. I thought Z Is that how you say it? Yeah. I've heard about 10 different... No, 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 no. I've heard... With Ziyech, I've heard 
20 different pronunciations yeah. and every time i get told to to say a new one i don't get told no that's wrong so i've just gone with ziash because i yeah ziash i mean hajir just calls him a shisha smoker <laughs> honestly that's what hajir says and i'm like oh um do you remember the amount, but... like, the amount of times we had on transition yesterday like west brom actually pressed up a little higher than we expected Mm-hmm. and you've got Werner and Pulisic and Ziyech on the pitch and we were awful as well in the first half in transition there was a, there was at least two moments where Ziyech had the chance to play I think Werner or Ziyech um, yeah, Werner or Pulisic so. through there was one in particular pass where I don't know if he loses his footing and he just smash. it's one of the worst passes I've ever seen in my life like it's it's just he's he's actually it's like when you're playing PS4 and you've got FIFA and you you accidentally press the wrong button so I actually wasn't that upset when he got taken off, to be honest, because I thought he had a pretty was, dreadful start to the game. I thought he was rubbish. I thought he was so bad. And then people people were chatting like, he was perfectly fine. I was like, no, he was <laughs> dreadful. <laughs> what are you, like, the, the thing is, we, it's, so, it's almost impossible to have a conversation now, especially in sort of online communities, because bias polarizes things instantly. He was rubbish. Absolutely rubbish. Everyone was rubbish. Everyone was rubbish. Even Mount. Mount. Oh my God. What's he doing with that mistake? I'm not going to criticise Mount too much because he's just been our best player all season. And, do you know what I mean? But what's he doing? What is he doing? Wake up. This is a guy that I say should be captain of Chelsea right now. What? I, he, he definitely should be Chelsea captain in my opinion. But I understand as people. Do you know what I mean? But bloody hell. What's he doing? I don't maybe maybe he just thought maybe he just thought at this point like he just thought screw point, it, you yeah. know everyone's the point like everyone else is doing it so I might as well just join in with the fun yeah yeah so you know I thought Werner was all right people were very critical of him I personally felt he was much better than than Kovacic and people said try and tell me Kovacic man the match don't make me sick boy he's rubbish like someone someone yeah I saw on Twitter someone was like oh Kovacic had you a got you got to get mate you got to, you got to stop going on Twitter and listen to people like you got to limit what you do on Twitter this this week has actually been majestic for me on Twitter because I've oh, get I've it. you're so developed yeah so I am developed. I am I've evolved I this isn't even my final form I have evolved mate this <laughs> is my advice this is my advice to people right just like make Twitter the smallest place possible yeah. Like shrinking Twitter down like 95% makes the experience 100% times better. I've got time limits on my phone. So every like, if I spend too much time on it, it just, I just locks it, completely locks it. I have it locked as well after 6.30 in the evening. Um, so any tweets that come out then have been like scheduled. Oh, we so evolved. This isn't even my final form. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, right. Listen, yeah, Chelsea Tammy, women. We've got to if, talk about Chelsea women, actually. Yeah, if Tammy, right, Tammy, if he's not going to be here, I hope he gets a good move, and I hope his football development is prioritised. And if he can be used for a swap deal for Rice, let's do it. Jorginho, sick of it. Kovacic, sick of it. Both have been brilliant recently, but that game is just exposes their weaknesses, and they haven't improved on their weaknesses at all since they've been at the club. And I don't care what anyone says. Um, Zuma, uh, yeah. Mendy as well had a bad game. Alonso is literally the slowest player I've ever seen playing a Chelsea shirt. But Alonso is Alonso. Like, why is anyone shocked? Because, do you know what? Do you know what? Yeah, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you what. I'm not surprised at his lack of defence. I'm okay with that. It's the fact that he wasn't continuing his attacking runs that was annoying me. 
because the ball fell where he should have been twice. And I was He's only like, good at attacking. He's got one pace going forward and another pace going backwards. Yeah, and in fairness, he was causing a few issues going forward, but I, f- I still think Chilwell would have done better. Oh, Chilwell's, so, a better, Ch- Chilwell's just a better player. Right, can we, can we talk about a different team? Let's just sign Rice, Lukaku, and I don't care who else. Sell everyone, in- as we did in the last podcast. <laughs> yeah, 26 of them. Yeah, okay, do you want to run through the events of the... Uh, much more important, much more interesting, much more significant Chelsea game that happened. It was an incredible, incredible performance. Um, it was a little bit shaky to start with. The first 20 minutes, I'd say, there was a little bit of a concern that it was going to sort of play out the same way the first leg did. But then you get the penalty incident uh, with Sam Kerr running through. Brilliant ball over the top. Do you think it was a penalty? I'm still not sure. I'm not complaining, but I'm still not sure if it actually was a penalty, given how far away the the ref was. And also, I've seen the angle like five times, and I have to say, I know if it's on the line, it is a penalty, but I'm still not convinced it actually was. I thought it was light. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not complaining, but I thought it was light. That's all I'm going to say on the matter. That's all I'm going to say on it. I loved how uh, Penel Harder stepped up and celebrated. She just didn't, she didn't care anymore. She was like, I'm celebrating. Oh, yeah. yeah, she was like, she I, totally think, went for it. I think the keeper was having words with her and she just went, okay, fair enough. I'm just going to celebrate. And then Sam Kerr. I, I think Sam Kerr, I think, I think she's the best women's football player in the world. I think Chelsea have got a couple of those in the current team, to be honest. Maybe five. Did you see someone did like a top... 100 I think players I or top 50 I I and Fran didn't even make the top 10 she did I think she was like 12th or 14th and I was like you serious I hate comparing but it did remind me of a Didier goal the way she chested it down swiveled and then drilled it in with her right foot and then that sort of just killed the game at that point I mean the amount of goals that Wolfsburg had to score but I thought defensively in particular this game was so much better for Chelsea um in terms it wasn't of perfect. it wasn't perfect but I felt that they really limited what Wolfsburg did in the first leg Wolfsburg changed their formation a little bit but I think the way once again the way the team managed the game I felt in particular I felt Cuthbert coming in I thought was a big absolutely correct move from Emma Hayes because it allowed that you just need a little bit more at times Kirby and Cuthbert were playing as sort of wingbacks in in a sense. They were having to cover on the wings. They were tracking back a lot more. And that, I think, limited Wolfsburg's space on the wings to get balls into the box. But I thought Millie Bright had a much better game than she did in the first leg. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. Millie Bright's definitely improved massively. And I I believe as well that Anne-Catherine Berger, she's obviously the best women's keeper in the world, but just the consistency and the, just the level of excellence that she's putting in every single game is doing wonders for that defence. It's like, it, well, it's, it's, it's the same effect Oblak has on Atletico. When Oblak's on form, the, the whole team is just like, oh, thank goodness. Because even if we make a mistake, we're covered. And Wolfsburg, don't get me wrong, they should have scored one or two again. And they'll be very, very upset that their finishing boots were off for the, both legs. But a bit of luck's needed. It shows how far the club has gone. Uh, Chelsea, sorry. It shows how far Chelsea have come. Doing exceptional things. And the difference 
the fundamental difference between the men's team and the women's team is it's not the managers because Emma Hayes is just outstanding and obviously I said that I'd like her as a men's team coach which was met with mixed response but if you don't like that grow up I agree exactly it, I mean man, management's in your in the football brain and hers is one of the best in the world so I mean you can't argue with that most importantly it's like the women's team have put all of the right players in the right places and recruited exactly what is needed. Chelsea men's team have not done that for multiple reasons, but most importantly, it's because of the managerial merry-go-round, which means that just we've got a squad of players that are just from different systems, whereas Emma Hayes has brought all this in over time and she's done excellent. There's no wasted space in that women's squad there's no there's no there's player none. there's none. no player that you think doesn't suit or fit what emma hayes wants to do i think it says a lot that say it the quality of the squad that carter comes in i think her first league game was against aston villa the previous sunday and of course you've got that problem there that you have to solve in bringing in a player of course uh, charles was suspended from the first leg um and you're sort of wondering that's a key area especially out wide but it shows the, the the mentality in this squad that Carter comes in and maybe herself over the season as sort of, we know what the footballers are like, you know, maybe they, she felt that she maybe wasn't a big part of the squad, but she comes in and performs wonderfully. And that to me is a sign of what's going on there, the strength within that squad, the belief within that squad, the the sense that they there's a trust and there's a sense that that is a, an absolute unit. I loved, I don't know if you saw this and I may have to send it to you. Someone shared a clip of... Um, Emma Hayes that was quite clear um it was it wasn't on the BT feed it was on some another feed where you could quite clearly hear Emma Hayes giving instructions to the front two because it was a 442 and she was asking both Kerr and Harder to really press um the backline of Wolfsburg and just it was interesting hearing a, a top coach you know give instructions to their players and and how loud and vocal she was and keeping the shape and and that's something that was just wonderful throughout the game and then the third goal in particular was just it was great to see Kirby score. It was a brilliant time to bring G on because it was it was when the game was opening up and Chelsea could play on the break a little bit more. And uh, it, I think it just meant a lot that Kirby was able to get on the score sheet because he's been creating so many goals recently. And that wrapped it up. Definitely now. They, that, that, they've slayed their demon, essentially. That, and psychologically what that does is it's magnificent. Um, yeah, and it's nice to feel proud of a project that represents the club that you support and, and affiliate yourself with it's a shame that this is the way it is but it is the way it is actually and we have to say things as it as it is and how i see it anyway that chelsea women's have to be winning these games to draw the draw more of an audience to, to bring more of attention to the game and you know it, it shouldn't be that way because chelsea isn't just chelsea men's first team but sometimes to get people's attention you have to say well look what we're doing here and what, what Emma Hayes is doing is it's just so impressive in, in the world of football. There are not many teams across both men's and women's football that are doing as well and the project is going so smoothly. I, I really genuinely can't think of many teams that are doing the same. Maybe Pep's City this season, um, currently anyway. They're yet to have a major wobble in terms of out of a competition or struggling to any sort of extent. So maybe Chelsea women and, and Pep's Man City are the two. 
I'm absolutely chuffed to bits that PSG lost to Lille. I cannot stand PSG. Um, that was, that was a weird. That, <laughs> just thinking of teams. Just thinking of teams that like are maybe putting together, you know, projects or whatever. PSG losing. Juventus didn't beat Torino. <laughs> you, guys, you can't see the video, but Jay looks like really demented with that laugh. I mean, it looks like he's about oh, to kill God, someone, so and he's wearing and he's wearing PSG. orange. He's wearing orange at the moment as well, so he looks like he's just escaped yeah. prison. So. <laughs> <laughs> like. Oh, it's lovely when the project goes well. And <clears throat> I would be lying if I said that the women's team was the, the the Chelsea team that I watched the most. That wouldn't be fair to say. But they're the most enjoyable Chelsea team to watch this season. Oh my God, so much. It goes them, then the uh, development team with Lewis Bate as the captain, then the men's team, in that order. <laughs> And obviously the development side won, uh, got through to the next stage of the Youth FA Cup. Obviously, that's the competition that they own, pretty much. Um, Lewis Bate is someone that we should talk about at some point as him in the midfield would be better than what we currently have at some points. As this, is just, this, this podcast is just... It, all we do in this I'll podcast what, is... Put, should we put... Um, I, I never really know how to say her name, but is it Lou Poltz? Yeah. Put her in the Chelsea midfield. I'll take her from the women's team. Just bang her in there. I'd, this literally is the anti Georgino and Kovacic I would, podcast. I, I would have her in the midfield. Yeah. And I'd have the Kerr, Kirby, Harder front three over the front three we rep. I honestly, I would. And then I'd have, I'd have Ankatch and Berger in goal. And I think we'd do better than what we're currently doing. I, and I'd, I really would. I, honestly, I would. I don't care. I think we would actually have something of a shape of a midfield, and that would be nice. And a bit of team chemistry. Yeah. And, some, and we, <laughs> maybe a bit more shitowsery as well. That, that's what I sort of want. Yeah. 100%. I'm down for that. I'm fully down. Like mixed squads. They've got Bayern in the uh, the next round, which is, of course, the going to be a tough game. But I think the way Emma Hayes has... Um, in particular, the second legs of the Atletico and, and Wolfsburg games, I think, should give them so much confidence and belief. And tactically, she's got it so spot on with players she's brought back into the team, the way they've managed those situations leading games. So it's it's a big opportunity. Um, would you say that if Chelsea were to win that game, because you've still got Barcelona, who, of course, knocked out Man City, it's hard to say that Chelsea are now the favourites I still wouldn't call them the favourites, at least. I don't from think what there I've is a favourite. Mm. I don't think there is a favourite. There's no, there's no favourite. It's just good teams now playing against each other to see what happens, and that's what I like. It's not, do you know what I mean? It's not like when Bayern are in the Champions League and you're like, uh. or, or to be fair, I think it'll be City or Bayern, but fortunately they've got to come up against one another. Hope, well, maybe. I mean, bloody hope PSG don't win. So. We've got a we've got a mailbag again. If you want to just quickly uh, run through that, if yeah, that's okay. do it, man, do it. Uh, so, thank you for your questions. I actually I want to make sure I get a fellow. Do you dance. know what I was saying about free jazz football? This podcast is free jazz conversation. There's yes, like no, yes. there's no cohesion. This is like Chelsea's midfield. No structure at all. <laughs> We're not that bad. Okay, uh, a fellow Dan Dan Hill. Um, do you think this team has a weak mentality? No, I just think they're arrogant. If that's a weakness, then yes. Then yes. 
but I think they're arrogant. I don't think the mentality is necessarily weak because look how they perform against big teams. Always better. They're arrogant. It's a team of arrogant players. I can't stand it sometimes. Do you think it's arrogance or just the the, the no, attributes of the players? No, I think it's arrogance. I, I honestly really think it's arrogance. What is there to be arrogant about? That you play for the best team in London and earn 150 grand a week. That you've won trophies and you're an international footballer. This club hasn't competed for a Premier League title in about three or four years now. Yeah, but that that is the reason why it is. Mm. And then you add, you know, a, a hot streak of not losing. It's just arrogance. And it, it happened, we've seen it loads. David Luiz, when he was causing issues, arrogant. Alonso, arrogant. Kepa, arrogant. Jorginho, arrogant. It's these lot. Say it, it, always, always. And sometimes you can justify it. Do you know what I mean? But it's not like they're Ronaldo. Who's you could justify it when people, do you know, people brought up the, uh, like the 2012 team and player power at Chelsea with the older generation of players. And I said, those players could back it up because they were, you know, it's not nice, but I think they could back it up because they'd go on and win major trophies. They would, yeah. they were some of the best players this club has ever had. The best. The the best, yeah. The best group of players we ever had. The thing I said in January was, I don't think this group of players can match that group and, and actually justify doing that. Group. That 2012 group and the the like 0-9-10 and the four five five six like it's it's the same with Real Madrid and Zidane right when Zidane won the free free Champions League like the the players were good enough confident enough and competent enough to know what works for them and to have the conversations with the manager say look this we like doing this this works for us how do you feel if you don't like it dog on but this is what we're gonna do. The Chelsea squads that we've just named fundamentally know what's best for them. They know how it works because they're good enough and they consistently, year in, year out, year in, year out, perform to the highest level in world football. This team currently I, doesn't know what, what to do with itself without direction. And Tuchel's done excellent. I'm, I'm not, not giving Tuchel any criticism at all. He's done excellent. He's provided direction, whatever. But the, the actual crop of players do not know what's best for them. And I just think they're arrogant. I really do. And I can't, I just don't like it. I think Ziyech is, is an arrogant player. I think Jorginho is really arrogant. I think Kovacic is really arrogant. Alonso as well. Like, God. Kepa was, but his lack of confidence has, um, I think been a very very humbling experience as well as a turbulent and unhealthy experience for him but he was quite clearly an arrogant football player um so yeah when you have those mentalities in the team that aren't Diego Costa who are arrogant but the arrogance are a beast like Diego Costa's arrogance came because people were scared of him <laughs> these guys just arrogant for no reason and I do honestly think it's arrogance and that's why the Cobham boys are always the best performers on the pitch because they, they are not arrogant in that same way. They have worked and dedicated their whole life to play for that club. Whereas the others aren't. I sound like such a yadar, don't I? So, uh, listeners, there's a new drinking game, right? So, uh, if you want to do this at pre-drinks, if you're at uni, um, turn on this podcast or at least this section of the podcast and have a drink every time uh, Jay McIntosh says the word arrogant. Someone's going to be absolutely battered right now if they're listening to it. <laughs> 
Sorry. Chris O'Flynn asks, do you think the way Tammy is being used may be political and have something to do with him not having signed a contract or the club prioritising getting the best out of big money players rather than for pure footballing reasons? Yes. Do you think, I've always felt this is a big, like, <laughs> a big conspiracy, but like, I think that I've never quite bought the idea that Tuchel is playing players because he's being forced to. That that doesn't mean there aren't conversations that go on behind the scenes that we're not privy to, that he gets nudged in that direction or he, it's very much sold to him politically that you should be playing certain players. But we know that, he, we know that he's been told. He's been told very, very clearly. And I know this from people that I've spoken to that are very, very close around the Ooh. club. He's got the ITK. He's got a J in the no Macintosh. Jesus. Um, but yes, there are a couple of people that I know um, closely that know what goes on around the club. And, and the club, the MO of the club is essentially the future of this team is Mason Mount and Kai Havertz. So those players play consistently. And that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing at all, but it means that certain players get left out in the sense like you, you do have to have a, a focal point or a couple of players that the team has to be built around. But Mace should be playing every week because he's Chelsea's best player. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Mace is the first name on team sheet every week. Him and Mendy, first name on team sheet. I don't care. So, um, and then Kai, because Kai's excellent. And they spent I so really, much on Kai, didn't they? So really like him as well. I think but he's yesterday... Be such a good but on that evidence yesterday, I mean, neither of those players started. So if you're, I think what people... Yeah, think but they didn't, start, they didn't start because they played every single game internationally. True. That's why Christensen didn't start because he played every game internationally and Rudiger. Mm. I think I more the frustration of people is, is someone like Werner continuing to get chances, not taking yeah, them. But I like, yeah, but he's still got he's, he's got... he's got 10 goals and nine assists in his first season. But but the thing is, it should be twenty five goals. <laughs> this is That's my problem. problem. This is my. I completely agree with you, but we didn't buy. There's something I was making on a video recently. I think there's been a bit of revision recently surrounding Timo Werner as to why we bought him. We you, bought yeah, him. Okay. We bought him to score a lot of goals, and we did not buy him to be a a good hard working player because that's something I expect from every Chelsea player who steps on that pitch standard um we didn't buy him for his dribbling ability we didn't buy him for his creativity we bought him simply because he was if you got him into the right positions he was one of he's one of the best european strikers i mean the, the stats surrounding him were incredible that's why all of us were so excited when we bought him and i think there's been a little bit of revision recently surrounding him as to why we bought him why chelsea going out and going to spend another 100 million on a, on a new striker. That shouldn't be happening if Timo Werner succeeded. So that's that's something I do want to point out. Um, and I think it's a fair point to make that pl players like Tammy and Callum are not given the same license or the same... It feels like players like Timo Werner, probably for political reasons, are given m many more opportunities to fail than, say, Tammy Abraham. Um, and I do think that's a fair point to, to point uh, to point out. Jordan asking, this is a this is a big point. Was that the most putrid Chelsea performance you've watched in about ten years? Not in ten years, no. No, probably ten um, years is a little bit too harsh. 
if you yeah, to isolate I mean, it down to being at home, maybe at Stanford Bridge in a league, then maybe. Like, a de- do you know what putrid means? Like, it means like a decaying, rotting, like, I wouldn't say that about the performance. Maybe about certain individuals. But like, that didn't, that's not like complete decay. It's, it's one loss in 15 games. Like, that's, it's not like everything's falling apart. It's just you've had a stinker to West Brom because they, they got their plan right and we got ours wrong. And they deserve to win as well. Their finishing was outstanding. And their ball playing was brilliant. Like, we didn't even deserve to lose. We, 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 they did not deserve anything other than three points. Yeah, the, the, the thing I'd point out is that the red card for me didn't really change the game. It just further exploited what was going on. They were brilliant for minute one, so... And the, the point you raised last question, like... You could not play Tammy and still sell him for 40 million. That's why you can afford Timo to have the chances. You know what I mean? I cannot believe Hudson Odoi is not playing, bro. I, I've been so critical of that guy as well. And on the I, left wing, now, on the left wing as well. He was so good against Everton, and we haven't seen him on the left wing, or at least start on the left wing since then. And it's just been a, it's been a bit frustrating to me. the The issue is at the moment is every time our attack really fails, you can legitimately turn around and go, well, any of these players could be starting right now. Yeah, but I don't think anyone but I think Hudson Odoi warrants a start more than any other attacker I think I'm excluding Mount but I I personally believe that I personally believe that like Kai Hudson Odoi Mount or Tammy Hudson Odoi Mount would have done far better than what was seen I'd have that as the the front three on Wednesday potentially Mount uh, Hudson Odoi and Kai That'd be in my front three, potentially on Wednesday against Porto. I'd have a Mount Gilmore pivot. <laughs> Don't care. Don't care. Well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. Well, we, unfortunately, there's no Kante back potentially for oh, no. the second leg as well. That's the worrying thing. Next Saturday against away to Crystal Palace. I mean, that's another game where Hodgson will try and add physicality to the game, add physicality to the midfield. This was supposed to be the easy run for Chelsea. That's the most comical thing. This was supposed <laughs> it's to funny, be. funny, isn't it? It's Charity funny. FC is back, baby. This is what I mean. I got shouted at by you and Dan <laughs> McCarthy yeah, for saying Charity FC. Look at what is going on. Just look at what's going on. <laughs> it's a sad day. It's there. It is there. It's always there. Um, and I mean, we'll we'll do we'll do more transfer things at some point, but it's. It's very clear that change is needed and players that come in need to have a certain element of dominance and control about them now. Because that, that for me has been standout for the last two, three seasons. We've just gradually lost players whose mentality, their fire... Like the the fire has been gradually taken out of this team uh, in a productive sense. There's still like like I said, Kovacic hot tempered. So doesn't doesn't do anything. Just squares up to Deli Ali and everyone just says it's amazing. It's not amazing. You're like an idiot. Go and score a goal. Use that to score a goal. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Don't use it just to do a stupid tackle and get a yellow card. Don't care. That's why I like Deli Ali, you know. Because at least like, when Deli Ali loses it, he scores goals sometimes. I, I really like Deli Ali. I think he's a good player. I honestly do. 
because he's I could, able I could to let use... Jay Magatosh go for another hour here. Just, I'm just absolutely he's just constantly going at Kovacic and Jorginho. I'm so so I'm sorry because I've been tried to be like really positive about both of those two over the last 14 games because they have been brilliant. They really have been. It did feel like to me, in particular, those two players yesterday was kind of a breaking point for me, and I hate to say that, but. And people will go, oh, it's only one defeat. But I'm sorry, that's not... I've seen these play- players... If you just want to isolate down to Jorginho, I've seen him do this enough now to make me think I'm kind of a little bit sick and tired of watching <laughs> embarrassing Chelsea performances. And um, and I sort of think that there's a common denominator here. And it's not on Tuchel. I, th- I just don't think they can handle the weight. I don't think they can handle the weight on their own of, of being in that position. And... You know, I I often laugh at Hajir for his shocking football opinions, but he's right. Having a box-to-box midfielder and a holding midfielder that aren't that great at tackling and shooting or expansive passing, well, is you can't really leave them. Quite... You can't ask them to open up space and defend in space. <sighs> it's frustrating. What I would do to have Suchek and Rice, what I would do to have those two boys, absolutely. Storm in the midfield. I'd love to see a Jay McIntosh movie. I'd write a Jay McIntosh movie where Jay's going around. He's he's committing war crimes. He he just he's doing terrible things so he can sign Suchek and Rice. Just like buying players with blood diamonds. That's it. But that I mean I don't. I think is people that are listening. If you're still if you if you're still listening, (laughs) probably not. It's probably like one person that's left it on in the background by accident. Like, I'm sorry, I, I love, I really do like Kovacic. I accept Jorginho, but... I accept Jorginho. I accept him as a concept. I oh, I don't even know if I accept him as a concept. It's just more of a presence. I don't like... I, I had this real good conversation with Lawrence, right? Like, he... And uh, PYS, who uh, obviously is a, a keyboard warrior at the best of times that was like and I asked it sincerely why do you guys like criticize Timo and then you're very very open to Jorginho and Kovacic and I I asked it honestly because that's not an opinion that I hold and instead of being combative and polarizing I wanted to ask a bit more like why is this the case and they were just it was basically just a conversation about footballing aesthetics and and for me with Jorginho and Kovacic that it's just not how I like to watch football and I watch Inter every single week and I look at Kovacic and I'm like he could play like Barella does like, Barella in my opinion is one of the best midfielders in the world and I'm like but he's just not doing that he's just not doing it and it's I feel uh, like I feel like those two players in particular are assigned to me of and I tweeted this out mentality words like mentality have been so demeaned over recent years it's such an important thing not only in elite sport in life and i'm sorry i you can't tell me mentality bad mentality did not cause us conceding five goals yesterday um with the quality of football we have that they didn't think at half time sure we're chasing the game we need to go i understand that but concede five goals and to see a team that has conceded a lot of goals has capitulated several times. I just don't think... I'm kind of sick and tired of aesthetics. I'm kind of sick and tired of 
nice 10 second clips. I kind of want players who don't pass the ball to the opposition player and don't implode multiple times a season. That's kind of what I want. You know, I'm, I'm sort of, I just want a team that isn't going to embarrass me <laughs> uh, five just, times a season. It's just the, the, the structure and skeleton of the team, it, it can't, it can't always be pretty. You look at, like, generally, people agree that the Barca 2008-2011 team is the best team to play football, right? Like, obviously, you have the, the AC Milan teams as well of the past, which is a bit of a shame that it's the AC Milan bit. Um, but not Take all a of drink, listener, any time uh, Jay McIntosh uh, says he watches Inter every week. Because that's like that's another thing we're doing a the every other Sunday bingo, and uh, you can mark that one off your card. It's all going to be things that I say as well. Um, but Busquets looked great, bit of a bastard though. Poyol was just a ruthless player. Like they're needed in these in these places. That beauty isn't just like um, that. There's beauty in chaos and and like battling and fighting that that's just as beautiful as sleek movement because they're a they're a field of skill in their own right and I don't think we have any of that at the club and I've said this for a long time and results like yesterday I know we're being slightly reactionary because we're bound to be on, on a result that's that toothless but there's no there's no fire in the team that inspires others around them and it's that's the most disheartening factor at the club and, and that's something we need to think and talk about and makes you wonder why Frank Lampard throws out a couple of players that are now back in the team oh awkward <laughs> I'm not saying anything Frank Lampard in <clears throat> Lampard in <laughs> no one's listening now. No one's listening now. But more importantly, no, no, no. More importantly, did you see the latest uh, Suicide Squad trailer? They released another one, and it was, even, it was even more epic. No, I've been listening to Peaches by Justin Bieber. Okay, you can rap now. So yeah, I mean, go and watch the the trailer for what's it called, Suicide Squad. Uh, probably more interesting. Go and watch the highlights of the Chelsea women's game against uh, Wolfsburg if you haven't already. Um, by the time this podcast comes out, they would have played today as well. Let's hope that you know some positivity comes back. The one thing I will say as well is I really genuinely trust Tuchel to learn from his mistakes. He strikes me as one of those managers. Hopefully, the free jazz experiment continues and we get to hear some nice things, get to watch some good football. Um, I bloody hope Jorginho doesn't play against Porto just for the sake of it because that is it shouldn't. <laughs> Just doesn't deserve it. Um, but that's not to say that he's not been good recently. All right. Um, I hope Christensen gets a five-year contract. Uh, but yeah, it's been, I'm Jay McIntosh. I've been with Daniel Childs. This is the Every Other Sunday podcast, which is always what it's been called. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll catch you probably Wednesday or Thursday, I guess, sometime after the game. Probably Thursday or Friday. Actually, I don't know. You'll hear us at some point, but thanks. thanks. Probably when Jay's killed Jorginho. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but thanks for listening. and um, Make sure you like and review and rate and play this to your parents and friends and elder relatives if they're bored and uni friends if you've got any. Um, 
So yeah, but thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>